0: Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important
1: issues. The Israeli elections are behind us. Prime Minister Netanyahu won even bigger portions in the conservative majority. We're going to interview Joel Richardson, who talks about prophetic end-time significance and the Islamic Antichrist.
0: Former Navy Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name.
1: We have reported, and in fact on yesterday's show, we gave you an expert breakdown on the Israeli elections where Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu was not only re-elected as uh, Prime Minister, but he now has consolidated his coalition to be a right-leaning coalition. 61 out of 120 members of the Knesset are now in the conservative wing, starting with Likud and the Jewish Home Party and Shas and all of the Orthodox parties, have coalesced now to stand up against Iran. I think this election was about Iran, and I think, uh, thank God, that God's people, the Jewish ancestors of Abraham, are now going to have a strong government in the homeland of Israel to stand up against isis to stand up against the muslim brotherhood to stand up against the palestinian terrorists hezbollah and hamas and we are now going to interview an expert on the middle east his name is joel richardson and he joins us live via skype now welcome mr richardson chaps thanks for having me on thank you so uh, your name is joel richardson not to be confused with joel rosenberg who is also (laughs) written some books about prophetic end-time significance as it pertains to Israel. But you started off by writing a book called The Islamic Antichrist. You're a Christian author, you believe the Bible, and how did you compare the Bible to the Koran in your first book?
2: Well, my the goal was to really <clears throat> lay out a very scholarly yet popularized Comparison, so a comparative analysis of what the Bible teaches, just in very general terms about the end times, with the general story of what Islam teaches. Because, in the same way that among Christians there's really quite a broad variety of belief with regard to the end times, so also within Islam there's quite a variety. So, I really just wanted to hit on the mountain peaks and ultimately show that, in so many ways, what Islam teaches is really setting up you know you have roughly 1.6 billion muslims today and essentially their eschatology their end time beliefs are is in many ways setting them up to receive the antichrist as if he is their their messiah figure and so it's a it's a fascinating study but it's also something that really forces us as christians to cry out on behalf of muslims to say lord you know, break this powerful deception off of their eyes and, and open their eyes and do what you did for them, uh, do do for them what you did for us.
1: Well, that's fascinating. I assume um, having read the Quran and its eschatology, prediction of the end times, maybe this Antichrist or the 12th Imam or the Caliphate or different things that have been used to describe their vision of the end times, is it very much different than our understanding of the end times based on the Bible, based on, for example, the book of Daniel or the second coming of Jesus Christ in Revelation?
2: Yeah, well, in many ways, it really is a perfect mirror image. So, you know, you can go down the list. The Bible teaches that in the last days, Israel would be surrounded by the armies of the Antichrist, really by the armies of Satan. Well, within Islamic eschatology, They're taught that it's their divine destiny. Their prophecies teach that they will conquer Israel in the last days. That the good guys are the ones that conquer Israel. So it's the same story, but flipped on its head. You go down the list. The Bible says in the last days, believers would be beheaded because of their testimony of Jesus. Well, Islam teaches that they are to behead the unbelievers. And uh, the Antichrist in the Bible is said to sit up his seat of authority on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. It says that he'll sit in the temple of God. Islam teaches that the caliphate, the caliph, will actually rule the world for Islam from the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. So there's numerous
1: anti-parallels. It's a similar story. It's just been flipped on its head. So in the past year, we've seen this, this theme break out in the news about Jerusalem and whether it should be divided, whether it should be returned to the pre-1967 borders. President Obama put tremendous pressure this year on Prime Minister Netanyahu to give up and compromise on that very principle of dividing Jerusalem, stopping the settlements. Uh, Do you think now this election where the Israelis turned conservative and really rejected President Obama and stood behind Prime Minister Netanyahu to Keep Jerusalem united and have a strong homeland defense. Do you think there's prophetic significance in that?
2: Well, I think it's good that we have that Netanyahu is reelected, that we have a strong conservative majority in Israel. I think that's good because we're at a moment in history right now when we need strong defense in Israel. The prophetic significance. The problem is the fact that more than in any, any other time in recent history if if any history at all the united states and really the world is turning against israel you now have a president that is borderline openly antagonistic toward the the government at the very least of israel and and really as a result of israel's security in the process of bending over backwards to throw the doors open for iran to eventually receive, uh, achieve attain nuclear weapons this is unprecedented, and of course, anything that affects Israel on this level of an existential threat is prophetic. There's no question about it.
1: We're going to take a short break. When I come back, more with Joel Richardson. We'll be right back after this short break.
2: This is PIJN News, defending your religious freedom. Dr. Chaps will be right back. <laughs>
1: Let's take a stand with Israel today. Would you sign a petition with me? Visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org, and sign a petition to defend Israel, who is America's closest ally, certainly in the Middle East, if not in the entire world. We remember watching Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu give that speech at the UN when he warned about the making of an Islamic nuclear bomb, and that is being forged in Iran. But what are we doing now? the USA is negotiating with the Europeans to allow Iran to continue to develop nuclear material. Well, that's not right. Do we really trust this man, Hassan Rouhani, the president of Iran, who is the former nuclear weapons chief? You don't think they're gonna build a nuclear bomb when his predecessor, Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, literally threatened to wipe Israel off the map of history. Now, we need to take a stand. Why is American foreign policy to fund the Muslim Brotherhood, let's sign a petition to stop that. Stop sending our taxpayer dollars to fund the Muslim Brotherhood, and let's also sign a petition to protect the Jewish homeland. Both of those are available today at our website, PrayInJesusName.org. And when you sign those petitions, we will fax them to Congress. Instead, the failed foreign policy of the Obama administration, starting with Hillary Clinton and now John Kerry, is pressuring Israel to give up Jerusalem, why? We should never divide the eternal capital of Israel, which is Jerusalem, and we should move the American embassy there. But instead, now the Obama administration is unfreezing the Iranian bank accounts, sending $7 billion to them on the hope of empty promises that maybe they'll stop their nuclear program. Let's defend Israel. The Jewish people are our friends. They have a right to security in their homeland. Visit PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org and sign that petition right now.
0: Empowering you, the grassroots activist. Here is Dr. Chaps.
1: Welcome back and thank you again for watching PIJN News. I'm Dr. Chaps. I'm joined again by Joel Richardson. Welcome back, Joel. What is your website? Joel's Joel'sTrumpet.com, Joel's trumpet.com, And I can sort of hear the prophetic significance. You know, in, in the return of the Messiah, there's going to be uh, some trumpets blowing and so you're sort of already blowing a prophetic message there. Uh, describe your new book title.
2: Uh, my latest book is called uh, When a Jew Rules the World, What the Bible Really Says About Israel and the Plan of God. I I really feel as though this is my most important book to date. Uh, probably m- the most important book I'll ever write. I. I I really feel the, the urgency of the Lord on this book.
1: So are you talking about any particular Jew who's going to rule the world, or has that already happened, or is this about the end times?
2: Well, it's dealing with ultimate things. The, the scriptures say in 1 Peter 1.13, it says, fix your hope fully on the the grace that's to be given to you at the day when Jesus returns you know this is the focal point of hope of all of the scriptures all of the prophets Jesus and the apostles are fixed on the day when Jesus comes back and reestablishes the throne of David and and reestablishes a Jewish kingdom over the nations and so the day is coming when yes a very specific Jew is going to rule the world And, uh, you know, if we don't get our theology right, then we may not be on the right side when he returns. And that's why it's so critical that the church does understand all of the issues behind this and get on the right side.
1: Well, thank God for that. Uh, I love Jesus. I pray in Jesus' name. And we are looking forward to the coming of the Christ, the return of the Messiah. And he certainly is uh, truly a a Jewish man. He was, you know, born to a Jewish lineage. And there is some controversy, though, a little bit, I think, in your title, because the people of Israel, most of them are not Messianic Jews. Will they recognize, or how does your book describe uh, that message to them?
2: Sure. Well, Paul the Apostle, really in Romans 9 through 11, he lays out the, um, the paradox of his day, which is that down through the hit down through the centuries God was dealing with the Jewish people cultivating them giving them the Torah giving them the covenants chastising them leading them to himself and then the Messiah comes the one that all the prophets were speaking of, and the majority had rejected had rejected him yet all the prophets speak of the fact that all of Israel will be saved so Paul was wrestling with that paradox and his solution was even though the majority in his day and even in our day reject Jesus. When Jesus returns, according to Zechariah 12, all those that are alive at that time, all those that are left, the remnant will turn to and receive Yeshua when he returns because he comes back to deliver them from the surround the nations as they surround Jerusalem. And this really is the culmination of God's promised plan with the Jewish people when all those that are left turn to him and they will make up the citizens of the coming messianic kingdom.
1: Well, thank God, and there will be salvation for the nation of Israel. Uh, It may not be coming from America though. Can you recap uh, the Obama administration's recent policies? You know, President Obama's been in office now for going on six years. Uh, and he has publicly campaigned as if he is a friend of Israel, but then his foreign policy, unfortunately, has been to pressure Israel to compromise with the Palestinians. What is the Obama administration's goal? Well, you
2: know, there's a lot of talk among conservatives. Is Obama a secret Muslim? You know, I don't I don't get into that discussion, but I do believe that he certainly has strong Muslim sympathies because of his upbringing. And there's no question that he has strong pro Palestinian sympathies. I think he's been very transparent about that. He's made various statements over the years. <clears throat> and so clearly, while, as you said, campaigning in the name of claiming to be pro Israel, he's become increasingly antagonistic, particularly toward the conservatives in Israel. And all of this during the time when because of his policy specifically, he's turned the entire Middle East into a nightmare from, you know, all across northern Africa, all across the north of the Middle East. Israel is now surrounded not just by uh, hostile nations, but by openly hostile, thoroughly apocalyptic nations that that are absolutely chaotic. And so now more than ever, Israel needs strong leadership to defend themselves, and they need strong friends. And so at a time when they need friends, we, arguably the strongest nation in the world, are abandoning them. And this is, this is the time for the church to be praying and standing, standing with Israel and praying for the peace of Jerusalem.
1: Well, I think I agree with you. We have seen and we have reported on this show over the past couple of years, that President Obama's foreign policy, beginning with Hillary Clinton when she was Secretary of State, was to promote the Muslim Brotherhood. His first foreign policy speech major address was in Cairo, and he was explaining to the Muslim Brotherhood there how they need to rise up and take power, and of course they did. They threw out the secular government, and then they started persecuting Christians and Jews, and then the people rejected that, and and we saw almost a revolution in Egypt where they rejected the Obama administration, they rejected the Muslim Brotherhood, and now once again, they're establishing a secular government in Egypt to promote religious freedom for everybody, even if you don't agree with the Koran. Have you seen that in other countries throughout the Middle East? well no what you
2: said is absolutely right you know I was in Egypt about a week 10 days before the second revolution when they threw off the Muslim Brotherhood and the moderates in Egypt is and isn't it a shame that the moderates in Egypt can't stand President Obama they feel like he's a liar like he's betrayed the nation and when you look at the nations that have gone to the radicals Libya Syria Obama is always consistently on the wrong side and so nation after nation every nation that he's touched has collapsed into chaos and yes you're exactly right there was a shift when obama when the obama administration came in there was a shift to where they said rather than supporting these various uh, you know, longstanding long standing third rate military dictators throughout the middle east we are now going to start supporting who he claimed were the moderate muslims such as the muslim brotherhood well, the Muslim Brotherhood have clearly opened the door for groups like ISIS, and um, we are in unchartered territories. The Middle East will never be the same, and the new Middle East since the Arab Spring is unquestionably conforming to that general uh, landscape that was described by the biblical prophets when they described the last days. So, I think there's no question that this is moving things further really toward the time when Jesus will return.
1: I think you're right. We're gonna take another short break, and when we come back in our last segment, we're gonna talk about ISIS, the prophet Daniel, and Iran with Joel Richardson. Hold on.
0: Giving you a megaphone in Washington, D.C. Dr. Chaps will be right back.
1: Let's take a stand with Israel today. Would you sign a petition with me? visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org and sign a petition to defend Israel, who is America's closest ally, certainly in the Middle East, if not in the entire world. We remember watching Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu give that speech at the UN when he warned about the making of an Islamic nuclear bomb and that is being forged in Iran. But what are we doing now? The USA is negotiating with the Europeans to allow Iran to continue to develop nuclear material. Well, that's not right. Do we really trust this man, Hassan Rouhani, the president of Iran, who is the former nuclear weapons chief? You don't think they're gonna build a nuclear bomb when his predecessor, Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, literally threatened to wipe Israel off the map of history. Now, we need to take a stand. Why is American foreign policy to fund the Muslim Brotherhood? Let's sign a petition to stop that. Stop sending our taxpayer dollars to fund the Muslim Brotherhood. And let's also sign a petition to protect the Jewish homeland. Both of those are available today at our website, PrayInJesusName.org. And when you sign those petitions, we will fax them to Congress. Instead, the failed foreign policy of the Obama administration, starting with Hillary Clinton and now John Kerry, is pressuring Israel to give up Jerusalem, why? We should never divide the eternal capital of Israel, which is Jerusalem, and we should move the American embassy there. But instead, now the Obama administration is unfreezing the Iranian bank accounts, sending $7 billion to them on the hope of empty promises that maybe they'll stop their nuclear program. Let's defend Israel. The Jewish people are our friends. They have a right to security in their homeland. Visit PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org and sign that petition right now.
2: He is the intersection of church and state. Here is
1: Dr. Chaps. Welcome back and thank you again to our guest, Joel Richardson. Joel, you have a beautiful studio there. You said it used to be a chicken coop?
2: (laughs) Yeah, that was supposed to be a secret.
1: (laughs) Not anymore, well, uh, talk a little bit. Uh, one, One more time, mention your website and your book and then talk about the prophet Daniel.
2: Sure. Okay, so my latest book is called When a Jew Rules the World, What the Bible Really Says About Israel and the Plan of God. Uh, I'm not just saying it because the, I'm the author. I really feel as though this is a critical book for our time. Uh, my website, I'm at joelstrumpet.com, and uh, you know, all my updates and anything else that you need is there. That's my ministry home online. Uh, you know, you mentioned earlier, you mentioned ISIS, you mentioned Iran, and the Prophet Daniel. I think one of the critical chapters that the church needs to be looking at right now is Daniel chapter 8. If you read most of the commentaries really down through history on Daniel 8 they will largely interpret this as a historical prophecy and I believe that the prophecy has profound historical uh, partial fulfillment I guess I'll say as a type or a shadow but when you read the interpretation of this vision by the angel Gabriel, he tells Daniel very clearly three times this vision concerns the time of the end. And basically, what he's explaining is that the nation of Persia, i.e., Iran, would burst out into the Middle East militarily. And then uh, a response would come from the West, you could say the region of modern day Turkey. Or perhaps a coalition of nations from the region of Turkey and I really think there's a very strong chance that we may be at the cusp of the eschatological end time fulfillment of this right now Isis really is a proxy of Turkey it's really Turkey's junkyard dog in so many ways throughout the region in their their war against Assad in Syria against the Kurds in the north and against Iran And I think ISIS very well may be that perfect bait that pulls Iran out and we may see a a full-scale Iranian military invasion of the Middle East, perhaps even within the next few years.
1: So for several decades, uh, maybe over a hundred years, I'm not really sure, but Turkey has been a secular nation. Is there a danger now that they're becoming more Islamicized and and this rebel faction that that is forming ISIS throughout Iraq and Syria. Uh, How are they associated with Turkey?
2: Okay, yeah, so after 1923 you had Mustafa Kemal Ataturk establish the Turkish Republic. It was very secular. The past 10-12 years you've had the AKP party led by now President Erdogan, Recep Tayyip Erdogan. Clearly an Islamist government has taken over Turkey there's no semblance uh, in the name of democracy they've taken over you have had an islamic revolution in the government of turkey you still have a lot of secularists among the people but basically turkey sided with the muslim brotherhood in egypt and so turkey has been facilitating the free flow of all of these jihadis coming from europe the united states they fly into Istanbul, they take a plane to uh, Antakya, or ancient Antioch, and then they flow from there into Syria. Turkey has been providing logistics, weapons, information, intel. Many of the ISIS fighters have been coming back into Turkey to receive medical treatment. There's, it is an open, open secret within the intelligence community that Turkey is using and facilitating ISIS for its larger regional purposes, in the same way that Iran has its proxies in Bashar Assad, in Lebanon with Hezbollah, with the Houthis in Yemen, uh, and, and now they control much of the southern Iraq, the Iraqi government. In the same way that Iran is using proxies, Turkey is using ISIS as its, its proxy in this larger regional conflict between Turkey and Iran.
1: Is this a manifestation of the, the old traditional disagreement between the Shia and the Sunnis, or, or is it broader than that?
2: Well, it's, it's partially that, but it's broader than that. You know, when you look all the way back to the book of Daniel, you have the clash between the prince of Persia and then the prince of, of Greece. The actual word there in Hebrew is Yavon, which is actually referring to a large section of modern-day Turkey. And so there's there's even a spiritual principle. Throughout history, you had Medo-Persia clash with, uh, with Greece, and then you had... You had Rome clashing with the uh, Parthians and then the Byzantines with the Sassanids and the Ottomans with the Safavids. Today, it's Turkey and Iran. It's a—it's just a repeating regional conflict. But the Sunni-Shia thing does play into it, but it is much more than
1: that. How is this going to eventually turn toward Israel, and what should America's foreign policy be? Americans foreign
2: policy should be to disassociate itself from radical... Governments such as Turkey, they need they need to be marginalizing and isolating Riyad Tayyip Erdogan. When he comes to Washington, he gets a big hug from President Obama. We're still relating to Turkey as if it was 10 years ago, and this was a secular nation. The United States foreign policy is a long circus of creating our enemies of tomorrow today. We did it with we did it with the Taliban. We did it with Osama bin I mean with uh, Saddam Hussein, partially with Osama bin Laden we fund them we get behind them with the CIA 10 years later we're fighting them with Turkey this is not going to be a war that we can win in 10 years and we need to get ahead of the curb and wake up that's one issue we need a a government policy that says every American president politician needs to needs to stop receiving funds from the Saudi government the Saudi government is the greatest uh, propaganda machine in the history of mankind giving millions of dollars to presidents. This is, this is the, the Saudi lobby is corrupting American politics. We need to have a foreign policy of pragmatism and stop uh, associating with all these radical Islamists.
1: Well, I agree with you. We're down to about 30 seconds left in the program and we like to pray on this program. Uh, would you like to join me for prayer or would you like to lead a prayer?
2: Sure, I would love to pray if you'd let me. Please. Yes, Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for this time. We ask for all of those that have heard this program, if they don't know you, that they would reach out to you, the most natural thing in the world, that they would repent of their sins and turn to you, their Creator, that they would choose to walk in that restored relationship with their Creator. We thank you for these things. We entrust these things to you. We ask that you would bless this nation. We ask that you would surround Israel and protect Israel. We ask all of these things in the name of Jesus. We thank you.
1: Amen and amen. Our guest is Joel Richardson. We'll see you next time.